0: Welcome to Is This Working? The tools we use to work have changed drastically, but how we work hasn't. In this podcast, we explore how we can make work, work better for
1: us. We're your hosts, me, Anna Codorado, And me, Tiffany Philippou. Each week, we challenge conventional views about work, by taking on topics like mental health, productivity, office culture, and even what the modern way of working means for our relationships. This isn't about the future of work. This is about what's happening in work right now. So welcome to
0: our final ever episode. Well, not ever, not ever, (laughs) just of this season, the season finale. (laughs) and what better note to end it on than to spend a good half an hour bitching about our bad bosses we're going to be talking about why managers suck in this episode and sharing our own stories of being really badly managed
1: i'm really excited for this one we're going to have lots of fun
0: yes definitely if you've ever managed if you're listening and you've ever managed us in the past I think or
1: been managed by us yes. that's my greatest fear actually is that someone who's I've managed is going to is listening to this and is going to be like, "Hey, this is the actual search." <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but before we get into all of that, um, Tiffany, what have you been up to since we
1: last recorded, which was only a couple of days ago? I don't have that much to report. I'm making a storm on Twitter by making jokes about being single and living with my parents, (laughs) far more viral than far many far many more likes than when I talk about our podcast. (laughs) So I'm not sure what that says about uh, what the people want from me. Um, But yeah, nothing nothing too wonderful to report at the moment. Uh, You, however, have been at the Roundhouse, and I absolutely adore the Roundhouse.
0: Yep. So I was at the Roundhouse last night. Uh, doing a talk on turning your creativity into a career which is basically a really fancy way of saying I spent 45 minutes talking about multiple streams of income and how to diversify your revenue but try to say it in a jazzy way with cool slides but yeah no it was really great um, And ha- however my highlight of the evening was at the very end someone came up to me and said they they said um what's your star sign and I said why and they said because I think you're an Aquarius um and I wish I am and then I asked them how they managed to guess that and they said this was really interesting they said that it was you're either Aquarius or Gemini um and you're Gemini so I said to them well I mean that's crazy because my best friend's Gemini and then they just said that all makes sense and just walked off
1: amazing I want to marry that person. <laughs>
0: Bring, bringing in a bit of astrology into
1: our workplace, we quite we quite enjoy a bit of astrology.
0: We do. Maybe that's the thing we should maybe that's the thing we should explore further for season two.
1: Mm, yeah, the role of spirituality in the workplace. Yes. Which,
0: by the way, if anyone who would like to, for us to tackle any specific topics or have has any suggestions about things that you'd like to see covered in season two, please do let us know. We are on Twitter. Tiffany, what's our Twitter handle?
1: our twitter is at is this underscore working
0: brilliant and we you can also email us on um, on is this working show at gmail.com and all of these details will be in the show notes so without further ado on to the season finale
1: Bosses, where should we begin? Who springs to mind first for you? So I after- have to name them. <laughs> <laughs> God no.
0: Um, the person when I think of my own bad bosses, the person who comes to mind is actually a boss of a boss. So not not somebody who was directly managing me, but one of my bosses' bosses. And that person made me feel. I was very junior at the time when I had this encounter with this with this individual and that person made me feel really small and really insignificant um, and just kind of had this habit of putting people in their places uh, and all of this culminated in um, the work I was doing. Um, work was getting taken away from me and I was tasked with having to write obituaries for the particular publication that I was working for. And that was their directive. So, I don't know, I just felt that that was kind of, that was pretty much the nail in the coffin for me. I left not long after that uh, incident. But yeah, the, the thing that when I think of Bad Bosses for me, it just, it, it it actually sparks like very specific feelings. And this just, this in particular, this um just feeling really small.
1: So he made you feel small. I presume it's a he. It was a he. He made you feel small by... sort of passively taking work from you or when you like had interactions he was dismissive I think both um
0: I think that I was at a quite an important time in my career and I was sort of thinking about what I really wanted to be doing who knows maybe actually that maybe he saw straight through me and saw that actually that place wasn't right for me and I'd kind of outgrown it who knows Um, I think that may be giving him the benefit of the doubt and maybe giving him more credit than he's due because I think there's different ways to handle those situations but yeah any interaction I had with him um, I was pretty much I was also quite terrified of this individual and um, yeah it was in fact it wasn't even I don't even think it was passively aggressively taking work from me it was very it was very kind of directly saying no this this work is too senior for you so we're giving this to someone else and you can do this obituary writing (laughs) which actually you know what if you are a writer writing obituaries is actually at the time i hated it but it's actually really it's a really really good skill to learn again that's not why he gave it to me he gave it to me to kind of give me the well not give me the finger but put me in my place
1: would you say in general you've had more bad bosses than good bosses
0: Actually, no, I don't think so. I think I've had a lot of bosses who've been under a lot of pressure. I have had the, I have been lucky enough to work with a lot of people who I've developed really good relationships with. I wouldn't say there's any of my former bosses who I wouldn't be able to, my direct bosses who I wouldn't be able to call up now, kind of and either ask for a favour. And in many cases, I'm, I'm actually friends with a lot of my former bosses. Um, all of those people are women. I would like to, <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to emphasise, and. Um, uh where there's where there's been difficulty it's it's it has been I think more about the structures of the organization the pressures on those individuals and a lack of support on their part as well which I know is a really diplomatic answer and I don't have any kind of like um I I don't have as many sort of um horror stories as I think there are actually out there so what about you
1: what about me hard to say I mean um I mean, I'm about to say the word obviously. I mean, maybe it shouldn't be given as an assumption, but I have encountered lots of bad managers, I would say. Um, I know I'm not the easiest to manage. I don't like being managed. So often I... um, Does anyone like
0: being managed though?
1: (laughs) Do you know what? If someone was really good, it would be really nice. So what I mean by that, like if you had a manager who was really clear with you and supportive and you felt like was on your side and guided you, like that would be great. But my experience of management has more been reporting to someone really senior at startup who is perhaps quite scary or, um, I've had had one or two who act in a collaborative way for sure. Like I've had quite a lot because as you can imagine what it's like, um, high turnover, lots of change or blah, so you're constantly being passed around people. and I think also but I've always felt a bit not like it's a collaborative relationship so always like they might be not trying to help me
0: (laughs) it's funny because when you say that you're not easy to manage the job of the manager is to find a way to manage you it's not that there are it's not that a manager has a particular management style. A good manager n- knows how to adapt their management style to different people. And in my experience, few managers actually do that. And the issue is when the way they instinctively want to manage and how you kind of respond, if those two things don't marry up, that's when the problems start arising. And rather than the manager adapting to... Um, to kind of rather than the manager adapting to kind of suit your working needs and your working style they just keep bulldozing with their own ideas and i think that's often when a lot of the sort of friction arises
1: yeah, it's hard. Like in, in a way, I don't actually feel like I was ever managed. And on the one hand, I'm highly autonomous and can just be left to my own devices. But on the other hand, I guess I lacked that pastoral care. So my version of management would be a meeting every two weeks with someone quite senior where we'd ca- catch up on like how I was delivering on stuff. There wasn't really that much space for um, personal development style t- t- um, types of things. I've also... I had one job not at a startup at an agency with management issues as well so I don't think it's just a startup problem I think what it comes down to I guess we'll talk about this later is that lack of training and how management is actually a very different skill to like to doing an actual job have you so I I haven't done a
0: whole lot of managing how, do you think you are a bad boss
1: if you'd have asked me when I was twenty five and I had a team, um, if you're a good manager, I'd be like, I'm so good. I'm amazing, my team love me, I'm like so supportive, like I don't get what I want from a manager, so I try my hardest to give them everything I want and blah, blah, blah. But now I've um <laughs> been taken down a peg or two, I guess. Now I've thought about it, I think that I don't know how I could have been a good manager, actually. Um on the one hand I always hired everyone I managed and that makes it really really easy. Like you're not inheriting people. You're choosing your people that you like not like personally but like like how they work and stuff and that makes it that that makes a really big difference. But also I was extremely young and I didn't have any support myself. So I was I'm sure I was out of my depth. And I used to I used to enjoy managing. I found it very fulfilling, but at the same time my life now without management is easier. I think managing is really draining and quite hard. And I don't mind not having it in my life anymore. But oh, I don't know. I don't think I was, but then it's like, what was I good at? <laughs> Anyone who was previously managed
0: by Tiffany, please send your answers in on a postcard as to whether oh, no. or not she was no, a bad No, please
1: boss. <laughs> don't, please don't. But it's weird because it's like, well, how could I have been? I was so young
0: yeah I mean the fact that you said that you know having a team at 25 that to me is if you if I think about who I was at 25 that's crazy I wouldn't yeah
1: yeah, I was younger as well I think I had a team at a couple of people at 23 I can't even manage myself at that age so yeah I think that's the thing and I think um I think I tried my hardest particularly in the later years of management to almost protect them from a lot of crap And actually I think that made me feel really, like I was absorbing a lot of the stress. And I think everyone deals with stuff differently because a lot of managers, I'm quite surprised how much managers bring their own shit to when they're managing. I guess it's like parents and children. Actually, it's exactly the same, but I've always been quite surprised by that. But then I guess my way of trying to do that was maybe to absorb it and I just couldn't handle it. Um, But equally, I don't think you should pass. I do think your job is to absorb the stress and pressure and I also think your job is to take full responsibility for your team's actions so when I used to see managers throw one of their junior team members under the bus that made me furious I got quite mafia about it I was like no you're responsible for your team that made me really cross. I think this is a really good place for us
0: to dissect why managers suck so much (laughs) coming up next. do managers suck um there's a columnist called Alison green who writes the ask a boss column for the cut and she's also got a book called ask a manager and she she has this kind of great comparison that she uses where she asks would you put up with an accountant who didn't have bookkeeping skills or would you would you put up with a doctor who didn't have a medical degree no so why do we put up with managers who can't manage and I think that really kind of gets to the heart of this, which is that the reason most managers suck is that they just don't have management skills.
1: They don't have the ability to lead properly. That's exactly it. The whole structure's flawed. And a lot. not only are they, do they not have the skill, a lot of them don't want to do it. But the only way to be promoted and get up the ladder is if you become a manager, whereas management is a completely opposite skill to whatever the craft I think editor and journalist is a great example of this
0: definitely I mean I I see this in the media industry all the time where really there are only kind of two jobs in journalism writer and editor and for you to start progressing up the ladder in a news organization you have to start going up the editor rungs and with that comes management responsibility and I think there are some kind of issues that are inherent to Journalists and the media industry, in that what the skills that make you a really good journalist are very often completely counter to the skills that make you a good manager. So you know, journalists by their nature want to work on their own. They don't really want to share their contacts with anyone else. They don't really want to be collaborative. Um, and you know, they're not they're not the most kind of people orientated helpful types um and that's just really counter to what makes a good manager and and I saw that you know I realized quite quickly in my career that I just had no interest in management and I couldn't when I worked for companies I could not see a way for me to progress without me having to take on management responsibility and that's something that can be really kind of difficult when you are at the beginnings of your career and that you're ambitious and you do want to progress and you know you want to stay in a company and you can't see a way for you to move up without you taking on things that you just don't want to do.
1: Yeah I think that really is the problem because also in startups the CEO often ends up just being the founder and actually that person should just be like a visionary character and separately they should get higher like a management person to manage everyone because it is such a separate skill set as you say and it's... It, it's surprising, but, but I think like, doesn't the NHS, you have, you, there's a management track.
0: I think so. I think there are some industries that ha- have trying. management. Yeah.
1: I wonder how that works.
0: Yeah, because that, that to me makes a lot more sense where you keep the people, the technical, the people in the technical roles stay in their technical roles and then the managers go along the kind of management track. I'm sure, I mean, um, just from the outside, it's quite clear that I don't think the NHS has necessarily got its, I don't think it's the kind of, best example of um an organization in sort of leading the way in terms of best practice but yeah there are companies out there who do um who do kind of put a particular emphasis on management Uh, I mean I was I found some stats from Gallup that said that only one in ten people possess the skills needed to manage you know this is not something you know you're not inherently born with management skills it's actually quite there's a they're quite specific and almost kind of awkward and very kind of And skills that you just really need to learn and they're skills you need to learn both in a kind of classroom or sort of like academic way but then of course you actually then need to do on the job training as well and i i've never worked in any organization that has actually provided good management training or provided ways for managers to be supported to be supported
1: well I think the other challenge as well is when you're a manager you have other work to do at the same time and no one's going to reward you for making your direct report that no one cares about anyway um feel feel good or help them with their issues what so you're expected to get all your work done in parallel and it's really hard when you're so we I used to always have like weekly one-to-ones and I saw them as quite uh you didn't, you didn't miss them no matter what. Meanwhile, obviously people who were managing me would miss them all the time. But I just felt, but I still found it very hard to drag myself off my seat and be present in that meeting because you have so much other stress and pressure going on. Like how can you be engaged and supportive with someone when you've got your own stuff to deal with? So I think that's quite a challenge.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that management, it's this really weird situation where, as we said, to become more senior you have to take on management responsibilities but actual the actual skills of being a good manager they're not prized and they're not they're not really rewarded um you know there's no kind of there are very few companies are sort of giving out like best manager awards um and if they are they're not actually kind of in line with what really makes a good manager and and this is the thing is that we live in the system a system where the end goal for uh, the boss the boss or the CEO is for them to look good. And, you know, we kind of slip into this place where everyone who kind of comes underneath, all of the rungs of people underneath, they're just there in service of kind of propping up the people at the top and it's quite dehumanizing
1: in a way. That is my number one tip of how to get ahead though, is to make your boss look good.
0: Yeah, but that's, <laughs> I think that's the kind of, the, that's definitely a... That's such a catch-22 though, because if you want to get ahead, you have to make your boss look good, but if you want to kind of be really, if you want to sort of um, be progressive or bring about change and, you know, disrupt, that that, that kind of runs really counter to that and this kind of idea that you know middle managers are sort of languishing there in the middle and kind of waiting for the day when they get to be the leaders and then they can finally bring about the change they want but that, that's actually kind of a very trapping idea and that's actually one that's not going to they're not going to be able to pull it off because by the time they get to those senior roles their those bad habits have been so entrenched and actually you find that it's just easier just to go go with the status quo I
1: completely agree. I mean, I don't um, subscribe to that tip I just said for myself. What I more mean, it's more a reflection of the problem with the workplace. And if someone wants to play the game, then that's why I would recommend. Mm. But I think that for me personally, absolutely. If you want to be progressive and cause change and you want to actually do what's greater benefit to the company or whatever, that's not a good attitude. But it's hard because your manager has a lot of power over you as well and so you do need to be making them look good otherwise why would they help you if you go around them or something that's not going to be great.
0: Yeah I mean I think a lot of it also just comes down to you know many most there's lots of managers out there who just don't trust their direct reports that's also kind of a big issue because if you have a good manager direct report relationship and let's say you want to start um, developing more and you want to start Um, improving your leadership skills you should be able to go to your manager and say and come with come to them with a proposal for how you would do things differently and ask them to let you have a go kind of basically have a go like driving the car and take take kind of like implement your idea with with your boss taking a step back and basically being that safety net to see how you would go about implementing your own ideas I think very few people would feel comfortable doing that and I think very few managers would let their direct reports do that because they're worried because you know we we kind of live in this world where we're just all worried about someone taking our job away from us and there's a there's a fear that um well if this person who's been you know that one wrong below me even even just that kind of um idea of there being a wrong and sort of like having to intimidated hide, yeah. by like
1: being taken over or something
0: exactly and you know if i let this person do this and if they do a better job than me does that mean that i'm going to the, like what's going to happen to me. Um this is just you know I, I can only really speak for the industry that I work in and sort of the experiences I've had but every company I've worked in there's just there's been such a feeling of insecurity um which is you know something I I I often talk about how you know one of the first things people say about me being freelance is like well how do you deal with the insecurity of being freelance and my experience of working for companies has always been that it's just felt very insecure and um I've even I've worked in some places where you it's that kind of classic you know you don't know who you can trust and like colleagues are throwing each other under the bus left right and center and you're not doing good work in service of doing the good work you're doing good work to show up other people (laughs) or you're kind of showing that you've done a good job is like showing that like you're better than the person sitting next to you
1: that's quite scary isn't it that kind of sucks yeah yeah
0: it's it's interesting because it made me think of um when I was researching for this episode, I came across a management theorist called Simon Um Senek. I can link um I can link some of these details in the show notes, but he talks about the need for managers to make their employees feel safe. And he talks about the need for people to think about compassionate leadership and how a positive work environment is one where everyone is not looking over their shoulder and people don't feel like they're in danger. I think that's a lot easier said than done, especially, you know, we live in very disruptive times. There's very likely another recession coming our way. I feel like I've spent the last 10 years um, working in places in the aftermath of the last big recession and so you know none of these things should be taken for granted but in an ideal utopian workplace managers would make us feel secure and safe
1: I think it's like being a parent and I think it's that thing I was saying earlier about no matter what you've got your back of your team like your parents wouldn't throw you under the bus because they're worried you're going to steal your job of Looking after the house or whatever parents' jobs are, but you know, I think um I, I think you have to almost see it that way. It's that level of responsibility. You, it's so much power that you have over, particularly if you're managing junior people, quite fragile people, and it was always quite frightening actually how left to their own devices some of these people were in what I've seen, and a lot of them actually really wanted guidance and just what no one was able to give it to them, and it was quite a shame to see what would happen when that happened. I mean, all of this makes me think of um, when we read out
0: your Queen Bee feedback <laughs> and how you were put in a management position and you weren't supported. And it said that quite clear, clearly in the feedback, but then yet they still managed to blame you for it as well. And I think a lot of people are put in management positions when they're not ready for them and then they're blamed for their f- for their for not delivering without being supported.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't support other people I lo- What's that expression? You n- need to do your life.
0: Oh, you put your own ox- oxygen mask on first before helping others.
1: Yeah, this is by the way for any life situation. Anna texts it to me like every other day, but it's so true. How can you manage someone well if you don't have your own shit together? And ninety percent of people don't have their sh- shit together. Sorry, my mum will tell me off for swearing, but um that I think that really is it. You are essentially a parent. You have a lot of power, a lot of responsibility over people. And you need to make sure you're getting supported yourself in order to do that.
0: I would like to tell you a story about some compassionate management that I have come across. Well, I've read about, I don't know this person personally, that I think we could really take some lessons from. So I came across a story of a guy called Bob Chapman, who is the CEO of a manufacturing company. I believe it was in the Midwest. During the last financial crisis, recession because it was a manufacturing company they got hit massively and you know orders were kind of cancelled overnight type thing um and the company needed to save 10 million dollars very kind of urgently and very drastically and so when Bob Chapman met with the board of course the th- first thing that comes up as as is often the case in these situations was that well we should just make massive layoffs we should make um you know however however many percent however much percentage of the headcount we just need to make them redundant. Now Bob Chapman, he kind of had this very um sort of compassionate view towards his employees and he kind of he didn't like the word headcount. He liked to think of it as heart count and he he saw his employees as his family. And so for him layoffs were categorically not an option. Like that it was not an option that to save money he would fire people. So he came up with this plan instead that every single employee in the company, um, including him, all the way down to the secretaries, they all had to take four weeks unpaid holiday and they could take it at any point in the year um, and it didn't have to be consecutive but everyone had to take four weeks unpaid holiday. And when he kind of explained this idea to the employees, the way he positioned it was this way, everyone will suffer a little bit rather than the alternative, which is that a few people will suffer a lot. And I thought that was just such an amazing story. And then not not only was it really well received and actually morale went up, but the company actually ended up saving $20 million. And something that kind of came out of it that was quite unexpected was everyone really took care of each other so the more senior people who could afford to take a bit more unpaid time off they traded off their weeks with the more junior employees so some people um, ended up taking off five weeks so that a more junior person could only take would only have to take three weeks and it just I don't know this it kind of it just sounds like this really beautiful like workplace utopia where bosses are actually really looking after their employees and not only that that it actually kind of it works and it, it works for the people and it works for the company it shows how it
1: trickles down from the top I absolutely love heart count instead of head count and I just think that's just the nicest story it's really moved me good um, well um <laughs> I think we can
0: um we should end this segment here with that beautiful story so well told by me no I'm joking um and compassionate uh, leadership compassionate leadership um, and coming up we're going to be talking about practical tips for what can we do about bad bosses and what can we do to be better bosses. how can we be better bosses and how can we deal with bad boss situations? What's your advice, Tiffany, if you've got a bad boss?
1: This is a really hard one because your boss has all the power, but that's not helpful. I need to try and be helpful. Um, (laughs) I'm completely lost for words. This is really useless of me. Um, I think that you can find a way of managing up. I mean, it depends what bad means. I think if you've got a boss that's not got good EQ and isn't good at providing you the support you need, maybe find it elsewhere, either inside or outside the office and just be upfront about it. So I guess work out what your boss is good at and isn't good at and try and get what they're not good at from elsewhere. If they're bad as in they're abusive or something more serious, then I would escalate that so what but yeah so bad is the scale and I would definitely do what you can I think it's quite hard to get rid of a boss so that's why my advice kind of sucks well
0: I mean this is the thing is if I think about the situation that I was in way back at the beginning of my career and it wasn't even my boss it was my boss's boss it became quite obvious to me that kind of hoping and wishing they'd go away was (laughs) was not gonna happen um I actually ended up leaving the situation I think that was the right decision for me um and that and I gave it a lot of thought But, you know, leaving is not always the answer and, you know, there are other ways to possibly think about coming up with a solution, finding like a trusted person to talk to in the workplace is a good start and if necessary, taking it to HR. But going, this is the the problem, is that going down those very kind of formal processes can unfortunately cause more problems than you intend to just by the nature of like bad HR practices um but i think kind of on the bigger level bad bosses need to be Ill- fixed by um the system kind of changing and there being more emphasis on good management and i think sending a boss off one day a year to a manage offsite management training program just doesn't cut it there needs to be more on the job learning we need to have better role models in the workplace and we also just need to have better workplaces which just create the kinds of environments where everyone can thrive. And it's not just, you know, it shouldn't be the case that just because you have a bad boss, like that can completely derail your whole experience that can derail your career. And it's just um, that dynamic, you know, as it, as you said, it kind of comes down to this, like these power dynamics. And
1: I wonder if you can communicate how you want to be managed and also do a bit of soul searching because I've sometimes come across people who almost expect too much out of the hierarchy as well and again explore what you mean by bad boss is it because you're expecting something from them they cannot give you whether it's like they literally can't do it for whatever reason so I wonder if there's something in that well I mean yeah there should
0: be a much better onboarding process you know when you start start a job you should have a kind of almost like a session with the person who's going to manage you and you should that, um, you know there could be kind of like 10 questions that you can ask or you know fill out a form or something where you're kind of actually explaining who you are as a worker and how you work best and really this is about getting the best out of out of you and getting the best work out of you it reminds me of um something that I've come across recently I think we've mentioned Matthew Knight on the podcast before, but he runs an organization called Leapers, which is a community for freelancers and independent workers. And he's developed this document called The Manual of Me. And I'll link it in the show notes, but it's intended for freelancers to use with new clients. And it really is basically a user guide to to you and you kind of fill out these questions and you can present it to a new client and it just helps them understand you better so they can get the best out of you but i don't see why that couldn't also be used something like that couldn't be used for organizations and as part of any onboarding process it's really just about getting off on the right foot and you know, forget telling your boss like, oh, outside of my outside of work, my interests are da da and like I need an ergonomic chair, which are all also important things, but also kind of like, you know, this is how I work best. If I've got my headphones on, like, please don't disturb me or, you know, I really don't respond to um, tough love. Like I need a lot of reassurance or whatever it might be, you know, explain how you work better so that your boss can actually get the best out of you. And in the long run, that's going to benefit everybody
1: when your boss can say here's how I want you to communicate with me all good relationships come down to communication and I'm just thinking about how there are some people who expect their boss to answer questions consistently as they're working and then there are some bosses who are a bit more micromanagey who like that but then there are bosses who are more probably in our school of thought of concentration and productivity who would rather the, the person kind of also tried to figure stuff out on their own and then came to them with a list of questions in a more structured way. So I definitely think just having rules around what you both value with regards to communication are important.
0: And you know, like these things are really hard, right? Like it's hard to kind of say... I'm not responding well to the manner in which you're approaching me like this, this, this is difficult. I almost feel that, you know, rather than kind of sending managers off on isolated management courses or sort of you having to go off and find yourself a business coach, it's almost as though companies need to have like group, group coaching or like group therapy sessions where someone, an external person would come in and sort of help you all communicate better. Um, but yeah, it it basically comes down to like, if you think about it, like when you're in a company, it's like you you have a series of, it's a series of relationships that yes, they're professional relationships, but it's just human to human interaction. And um, for whatever reason in the workplace, like we really suck at communicating properly with each other.
1: Do you know what would be cool is if you had like a system where you had a matchmaking Um, internal matchmaking so you were matched with a manager who best suited each other and way of working and they're responsible for your personal development and output and then they got given by the heads of department what you needed to do and then you got this like manager that suited you best and everyone's like match made with their perfect manager. I love that that's a great idea I think you should turn that into an app. (laughs) (laughs) uh, What would we call it like a match job <laughs> no match manager um but but do you know what I mean it's it's again it's about thinking about management completely differently
0: yeah I mean that's what it comes down to you know like thinking outside of the box in terms of management because you know this, the other thing is that we kind of confuse these ideas of authority and leadership so just because someone is in a position of power doesn't mean they're a good leader and like you know leadership is not something that Is bestowed on you just because you rank above someone else. That is a choice that you've made. That's something that you have to develop. And really, being a great leader can actually happen um, horizontally rather than vertically. So you can show compassion and you can show great leadership amongst the people around you and your and your peers, rather than just kind of to the people beneath you. And even just that idea that like you know hierarchical structures like they are they can be very problematic I'm not saying that kind of like removing all the hierarchy and making a flat organization structure is necessarily the answer but that's also just something to think about that as we've said throughout this
1: whole podcast the systems are working against us shake it up I I also think because we've obviously talking about bad bosses I think we should talk about how hard it is to be a boss and to have compassion both ways because there's been countless times where as a manager I've been put in a situation where I don't know what to do and my job is that parent job that we've talked about but it's also at the same time I am have my own issues or whatever the problem might be and it's extremely challenging being a manager and I think, I mean, how can we, if we're managers, be better at it? I think asking for support when you need it
0: and also doing a you know taking your own responsibility where you can so it can you know when we we as I say you know as I go on about so much about how the system is broken I think I think it can be very easy to let that deflate you as an individual but there is some there is some personal responsibility you can take you know there are books you can read or management there are kind of like things you can do you can kind of um try your hardest to to kind of like work on the stuff that is within your power and I know this sounds this would be kind of this would be crazy but you could ask your boss to as I said earlier you could ask your boss for more responsibility you could go to them and say I would really love your support in this project that I really want to get off the ground like how you know would you be open to that and just um trying to trying to make those first steps to be the leader that you want to be and the leader that you kind of
1: wish that you saw above you I also think that management needs to be seen as a larger workload as part of your KPIs or whatever so it should be part of your goals and it because that thing I talked about earlier about prioritization you've got to deliver stuff and then on top of that you've got to like chat to these people it would be great if actually it was like 60% of your job is these people and less of your job is doing the technical task I think that would also really help so that people would be able to invest the time in becoming better managers because it does come down to having time to engage compassion and it being valued as a skill because I think the other problem is we're not valuing it high enough.
0: Yeah, I think for any bosses listening out there, you really need to be valuing the management skills of your direct reports and building them up to be the leaders of tomorrow. Not even the leaders of tomorrow, just better leaders today. Uh, I think that's a really great note to end this season finale on. Thank you so much for everyone who has been listening to us throughout this season. We will be back. We're not sure when, but we will be back. In the meantime, please do send over any thoughts and feedback or ideas for the next season, things you'd like to see more of or hear more of or less of. And yeah, thank you very much to everyone who has been tuning in.
1: Thank you. We'll leave you on the message, which is lead with your heart. Love that. Bye.
0: Bye.